The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this sunny Monday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Happy August. It is officially August 1st. It's hard to believe that we are already in this month of August. School is right around the corner, but you know what that means. Football season is right around the corner as well, folks. We have college football this month. We have made it. Congratulations. We have finally made it to the month of August. We will be watching college football this month. I am so excited. I know you are as well. And we have a lot to cover between now and then. We have so much to talk about between now and then. Lots of decisions need to be made between now and then and so lots to go over in the next three to four weeks and football season will be here before you know it we are 33 days away from Auburn football beginning the season we won't be watching Auburn this month but there is college football this month and so that's exciting and we should be very grateful and just thankful that we are in this month that we are so so close to the college football season we're even closer to the high school football season So that's exciting as well. So much going on here as we have finally made it to August. Again, school is right around the corner. That's hard to believe for everybody who will be going back. Uh, Just a lot going on in this month. Summer has flown by, and here we are. We are getting ready for school, football, and everything else. But hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. Hour number one officially underway here on the Monday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. We have a lot of Auburn football recruiting to talk about we're going to talk about a couple of commitments from over the weekend on big cat weekend we're also going to have joey blackwell from bama central on the phone at 2 30 as we always do here on monday afternoons we're going to have him on at 2 30 talking about everything going on over in tuscaloosa some football updates as their fall practice and fall camps will be getting underway in just a few days and then in hour number two our good buddy christian clemente from 24 7 sports He will be joining us all of hour number two, giving you the entire rundown on Auburn football recruiting from the past couple of weeks and, of course, from Big Cat Weekend over this past weekend. So Christian Clemente of 247 Sports, he will be joining me in studio for the entire hour number two, giving you all of the Auburn recruiting updates, what to expect in the future, what we've already seen from Auburn football recruiting, and so much more. So really, really excited to have him back in the studio. He's had a lot going on since he changed positions over there and now is with 247, but he's been doing fantastic work. So excited to have him in the studio. That will be an hour number two. But to get started here today, speaking of that Big Cat weekend, Auburn picked up two more commitments to the 2024 
recruiting class. So not the 23, the one coming up. But Auburn picked up two commitments to the 2024 recruiting class. And one thing that I've talked about a lot before we get into uh, the specifics and who they are and where they're coming from, one thing I've talked about a lot with Brian Harson and this coaching staff for Auburn that I've really, really liked is how they are recruiting for the future and the long-term future. And I know it seems like that is an obvious thing they should be doing, right? It's easy to sit there and say, well, yeah, I would hope that they would be recruiting for the future and down the road. But I want to put you in this scenario for a second. Uh, and uh, also, give me a call, right? Give me a call. Phone lines are open. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you. They're, they're open all show long. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind, please give me a call. I'd love for you to call in. Be on the line. 334-321-1390. But to put you in this scenario, right? Think about if you're Brian Harson and this coaching staff. You went through a 6-7 and seven season last year. It didn't end the way you wanted it to. It ended really poorly. Then you go through a horrible offseason. A, just a terrible offseason, right? You go through that. You go through a spurt of recruiting where it wasn't going so hot. And then you had to adjust everything you knew about recruiting and fix it all within a couple of months span. You go through all of that, and you almost lose your job because of a bad season. You almost lose your job over some rumors and speculation that turned out to not be true. You almost lose your job because the people at the top within your university turned against you and don't want you here. And so the situation is this. Wouldn't it be easy for Brian Harson and this coaching staff to almost fall in the trap of we have to recruit so hard for this upcoming season for 2023 next year in this current recruiting class wouldn't it be so easy for them to fall into that trap and put everything they have into the 2023 class and not even worry about 2024 or 2025 because they didn't expect to be here or they don't expect to be here for that wouldn't it be easy for them to have that mindset of Well, let's try to recruit for next year because why would we worry about years to come? We're probably not even going to be here. We may not even be here. I'm not saying that's their mindset right now, and I don't think it is. But wouldn't it be easy for them to fall into that trap? I think so. I think it absolutely would. And so that's why it's important, and I'm very impressed to see that this coaching staff has gone out and they're going after big names and big guys in 2024. And they're even going after some guys for 2025. They're going after these guys. That's why months ago, they spread out. And they hit every big high school in the state of Alabama. And they went out and hit big high schools in the state of Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana. They went to those states and they went to those schools. Not just for the upcoming recruiting class, but they were eyeing guys and putting their names in the pockets and in the cell phones of these younger kids who were freshmen, sophomores in high school. They wanted the schools and the coaches and the players to know, hey, yeah, you're a freshman or sophomore, but next year or next two years, you know where to find us, right? That's important. And so that's why Brian Harson and this coaching staff That's why they've already seen some early success 
in 2024. And speaking of that, over the weekend, Auburn picked up two 2024 recruits just over this past weekend. In hour number two, we're going to talk about those heavily. We're going to talk about them right now as well. But when we have Christian Clemente in here, uh, he's my recruiting expert from 247 Sports. We're going to bring him in and talk about those guys. We're going to talk about everybody else that has committed over the past couple of weeks and what to expect in the future. But looking at these two guys that committed to Auburn over the weekend, you look at the two 2024 guys, and to start it off, you have, let's start with the quarterback, Adrian Posse, the 2024 four-star quarter quarterback for Auburn he picks the Tigers over some other big time schools when you look at who he picked or who he didn't choose rather he picked Auburn over Miami LSU Georgia Texas A&M Ohio State and Florida those are big time schools that he had offers from not that they were necessarily in his top list of schools but those schools gave him an offer so think about that Schools like LSU and Georgia and Ohio State that have had fantastic quarterbacks over the last couple of years, they wanted this kid, and he chose Auburn. Adrian Posse, the four-star quarterback after Big Cat Weekend, has committed to play for Auburn. And the quote from Christian, it says, I've always liked Auburn growing up is what he said. I always liked when they beat up on Alabama. He's a six-foot-four, 230-pound guy coming out of Miami. And when you look at him and you look at the film on this guy, he's the perfect fit for a Brian Harson offense. The perfect fit. He doesn't run and use his legs a ton. Okay, not uh, very unlike what we've seen at Auburn in the past. He steps in the pocket, he delivers a, a good ball, and he waits for the right time, and he makes right decisions. Now, there's not a ton, a ton of film on this guy. He's a high school kid, right? But the stuff that I've seen and the stuff that I've read... It sounds like he's going to fit the system really well. And it seems like he can throw it really hard, really fast, and really good on time and on target. Doesn't that seem like what we're looking at with the Brian Harson offense? That's why Zach Calzada is going to be your starting quarterback this year because those are the things that he does. And so with Adrian Posse, the 2024 quarterback that committed over the weekend, it seems like that's exactly what this kid's going to be. He's not going to run and scramble and do a bunch of craziness. He's not going to do all that. He needs a solid offensive line, right? Get a solid offensive line, stand in the pocket, wait for somebody to get open, and get in the football. That's it. Get them the football. And I think that's what this kid is going to do. You take him and you add that with the four-star corner back, Amon Lane. He announced his commitment over the weekend after uh, Big Cat Weekend as well. The four-star corner, okay, he committed to Auburn as well. So Auburn picked up two four-stars over the weekend for the 2024 class. And I think that's impressive. I think that's big time. Auburn should be very, very excited. You should be excited about that. These are two four-stars that still have two years left in high school. They could become five-stars, folks. They could. I think they have the talent to do so. Amon Lane is from Moody. He's a four-star athlete, 5'11", 180 pounds. He's listed as the fourth best player in the state, right, in this 2024 class. 
That's pretty solid if you ask me. We know the type of talent that comes out of the state of Alabama, and he's ranked fourth in the state. He's 16th at his position in the country at corner. He picked Auburn over Ole Miss, Arkansas, and some other SEC schools. So again, Auburn beats out big-time SEC schools to get another four-star. And you look at it, and let's compare the 2023 class and the 2024 class right now. You're looking at four stars, right? You're looking at four stars. You don't see any of those five stars yet. Those are the ones that make the quote-unquote headlines. But you look at these four stars, and they're all solid. They're all really good players. And with these two guys in 2024, they still have some time. They still have time to get better and improve themselves, improve their stock, improve their rating, if you will. But I think a lot of times in recruiting, people get wrapped up in the numbers and the stars and where they're ranked in the state or ranked in the country. Yeah, it's cool and it's important to look at those things because they do matter, but it's not everything. Just because these two guys right now are four stars doesn't mean they can't become five stars. Doesn't mean they can't become some of the biggest commitments of the 2024 class. But getting them early and having them a part of the recruiting class already is huge. These guys can become recruiters for other recruits. That's what's so great about having guys commit to you early and being bought into the program and the team and the coaches this early on in their careers. These guys are still in high school. But now they have two years where they're, they're still going to be recruited. Let's not get that wrong. They're still going to be recruited by other schools, but they're committed to Auburn. And so if they're truly committed to Auburn, they'll recruit other guys to try to come to Auburn. They're playing buddies. They're friends. They're guys that they know at other schools that they know would be a good fit here at Auburn. They are the best recruiters. Sure, the coaches are great. There's no doubt. But a player that's already committed to Auburn trying to recruit another player to come to Auburn, that's the best recruiting you can get. I mean, that's as good as it gets. Because if you can convince your buddy, hey, man, let's go to Auburn. Let's go do something special on the plains or wherever it may be, not just Auburn, wherever it may be. If you can convince your buddies to come play with you and team up together, that's as good as it gets. And so Auburn looking right now in 2024, you have these two guys commit um, over the weekend from Big Cat Weekend again. We're going to talk a lot more about this recruiting stuff with Christian Clemente in hour number two, 24-7 sports he is with. Uh, he's, doing, he's doing great work over there. He really is. We're going to talk these two guys. We're going to talk some guys that have committed in the past. And again, what to expect in the future for Auburn football recruiting. Uh, we're going to talk about how successful Big Cat Weekend was, the turnout, uh, some of the, the highlights coming out of that, who said what and what to expect uh, this upcoming season. Lots to talk about. That'll be in hour number two with Christian Clemente. Remember, at 2.30, we're going to have Joey Blackwell from Bama Central. He'll be joining us on the phone, talking all things Alabama, talking what's going on over in Tuscaloosa, and giving us all of the updates from the Alabama Crimson Tide. We are off and running here in hour number one on the Monday edition of On the Line. What do you think about the commitments for Auburn? What do you think about Big Cat Weekend and all the news coming out of that? I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. Call in, be on the line. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Question of the day when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. 
are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back here on the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Hey, question of the day to you is this. You can give me a call, 334-321-1390. Talking about Auburn football picking up a couple of 2024 commits, question of the day to you is this. I kind of touched on it a little bit, but I do want to ask you and give you the chance to answer How important is it for Auburn football to be recruiting 2024 players and beyond? That's the question to you, 334-321-1390. How important is it for Auburn football to be recruiting 2024 guys and beyond? 334-321-1390. Look, for me, it's really simple. I've touched on it a little bit already, but I'll touch on it again it's very important for Auburn to be recruiting future players. And yes, that's the obvious answer, right? The obvious answer is, well, duh, of course you want to recruit future players. You got to have guys to play on your football team in a couple of years, right? You can't just look at this year. You can't just look at next year. You have to look years down the road. But as I mentioned, and as I was talking about in that first segment, it would have been really, really easy for Brian Harson and the coaching staff to just not even concern themselves with four or five years down the road because it would be easy for them to say, well, well crap, we're not even going to be here then. Because there for a while, we didn't even know if Brian Harson was going to be here as, a, as of August 1st, right? It's August 1st today, and six months ago, we would have said, nah, he won't even be our coach. Back in February... I mean, it got, it got real close, folks, I'm telling you. It got really close to Brian Harson losing his job. But he's still here, right? He's still here. And how easy would it have been for him to say, you know what, we can't worry about that. We can't worry about 2024. Let's just try to go after some 2023 guys. Let's worry about the 2022 season. Let's not even worry about that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. And that's a dangerous territory to be in, right? We've all been in that situation where something comes up and you say, I don't have time for that right now. We will just cross that bridge when we get there, right? We've all done that. Well, I've been there. You've been there. We've all done that. But that's not the way that they thought, Brian Harson and this coaching staff. They didn't think that way. They said, look, we got to change the way we're recruiting because what we're doing is not working. And not only did they start recruiting heavily in 2023, which they needed to do, they were very behind and they still are, but they started going after their 2024 guys and they started reaching out to 2025 guys because they know how important it is in the SEC. You've got to get ahead of the game the the best way that you can because there's schools like Alabama and Georgia who don't have to recruit as hard as you. They don't have to do that anymore. Nick Saban in Alabama and Kirby Smart in Georgia, they don't have to recruit as hard anymore. They do. They still do it, but they don't have to. At this point, Kirby Smart in Georgia recruits itself, but they have worked their way to get to that point. They have earned that ability, right? When a player's good and Georgia steps in the door, the player knows it, and the player gets an offer, And Georgia's going to get those guys. 
Alabama, that's a next step up. When, when Alabama puts a contract on the table and Nick Saban walks through the door, they're going to get the player. I mean, when Nick Saban wants a guy, he is going to get him. There is just no other way around it. And that's what they have earned, and that's how they have done it. But when you look at it from Auburn's perspective and Brian Harson and this coaching staff, they don't have that luxury. It should be. Auburn should recruit itself, but right now it doesn't. And so this coaching staff is having to, to do whatever it takes to get ahead, and they're having to recruit these guys in the future. I know that's what they're supposed to do, but I'm glad that they are, and I'm glad that they're starting to make some progress. Picking up two guys in the 24 class from Big Cat Weekend, that's big news. And not two and three stars. These are four-star players that have potential to become five stars. And one is a quarterback that could be your future quarterback. It could be with Adrian Posse. It very well could be your future quarterback. But now you have a quarterback in that 2024 class. And so maybe you don't have to worry about that anymore. If somebody comes up in that position and you feel that you just have to go after him and you have a really good shot at landing him, yeah, sure, maybe go after him. But now you can focus on things that you need. Offensive linemen, wide receivers, those types of positions. So Auburn is in a really good spot, I think, with 2024. But it's very important to be recruiting these guys years in advance and planning like you're going to be here if you're Brian Harson. That's the biggest thing for me that has stood out in this is not buckling or not buckling under the pressure, really, and not just surviving and advancing. No, he's planning for the future and he is planning on being here long term. And six months ago, we didn't think that was possible. And I don't think he did either. And you know what? There may be some of you that don't want him here long term. And that's fine. There's a lot of people that don't want him here long term. But I think there's a good amount of people that do want him here long term. And I think a lot of people also are, are kind of on the fence where you can see the potential in Brian Harson and his recruiting and his coaching tactics and this team. But you got to see the progress and you got to see the results, right? I think most of the Auburn fan base has sat on or is sitting on that fence right now. You could kind of sway either way and you're waiting on that gust of wind to knock you over to one side or the other. And that's results. That's progress. Ultimately, it's wins. Whether that's recruiting wins, whether it's football game wins, whether it's media wins, right? Like media days or getting through uh, the debacle in February. You want to see the wins and the victories. And I think a lot of the fan base sits on that fence right now. But let me tell you this, recruiting is starting to go the right way. Whether it's 2023 or the early progress in 2024, the small victories are being made. And you can't make the big wins and the big victories until you get the small ones. You can't achieve big things until you achieve the small things, right? You got to do the little things right if you want to do the big things right and be successful on the big stage. That's what's happening right now. And it's slow and it's tough to see it that way, but I truly believe it and I hope you do as well because you should. It's going to take a little time. We've talked about that since day one when Brian Harson was hired. That's been the conversation. And ever since I got on this show, that's been the conversation is it's going to take some time.
But I think the right things are happening. And when you look at recruiting, no, it's not the best. It's not sexy. It's not all over the news in the sports world, Auburn's recruiting class. But they're picking up guys here and there. And I think momentum is starting to build. Remember that snowball I talk about? Day by day, it's getting a little bit bigger. And it's gaining a little bit more momentum as it rolls down the hill. And the vision that I see is eventually it's going to get big enough and get fast enough to where nobody's going to be able to stop it. That's the hope, right? That's the goal for Auburn football in general. Recruiting, on the field, whatever it may be, we want this thing to not be stopped. Halfway through hour number one, stay tuned. Joey Blackwell of Bama Central coming up. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got Joey Blackwell from Bama Central on the phone like we do every day or every Monday, excuse me, here on On the Line on ESPN 1067. Joey, we are in the month of August, so congratulations. We have made it to the month of college football, where Auburn and Alabama are both 33 days away from kickoff. But before we get into a bunch of football stuff, let's talk a little bit of Alabama basketball as they will be taking a trip to Europe, uh, playing some games overseas. What can you tell us? Yeah, so they're starting their foreign tour this week. They'll be departing for Barcelona on the 5th, where they'll be taking on the Spain Select team. After a couple of days there, they'll then take a trip to Paris, France, where they'll be playing the Lithuanian men's B team as well as the Chinese national team. So a uh, really action-packed you know, week for Alabama basketball coming up. We did get to go to their one of their practices uh, last Friday and watch that for a few minutes. Then it was an open scrimmage on Saturday. So, um, you know, it's, it's not just football, but basketball is getting started back. So it's looking like it's going to be a very busy month of August. Well, you say you went to the Alabama practice. What are some of the things that you saw that uh, maybe impressed you or maybe had you concerned a little bit? Well, you know, first things first, I think if Auburn fans are following Alabama basketball at all, they'll know about Brandon Miller. He's a freshman forward. He was one of the most highly touted players in the 2022 class and came in as a five-star and a consensus top 15 player. He looked, his talents were on full display. He scored 30 points in the scrimmage on Saturday. He was shooting a lot of threes. Darius Miles is emerging as a leader. Um, another forward for them is doing really well. Noah Clowney was a present surprise. On the injury front, obviously, Javon Quinterly is still going to be out, but he, uh, according to Nate Oates, he is recovering very well, um, and they're hopefully going to get him back on uh, maybe a couple of non-conference games before the SEC schedule. If not, he should be back in that early SEC schedule. Um, Namari Burnett was looking really good. That was another thing to point out. Um, he, he's uh, not really limited in, in, in most uh, aspects now, um, and so does uh, Jaden Bradley. He's also looking healthy. Oates did say he's going to be limited a little bit in this foreign tour, but by the time the season rolls around, he should be 100% as well. Well, Alabama basketball taking the trip overseas. Auburn's doing the same thing. They're over there uh, taking on a couple of big-time teams and a lot of talent as well. Why do these teams take these trips? And, you know, why is it so important for them to take these trips and play some overseas teams uh, in the summer? 
Well, you know, for one, it gives them an early start to the, you know, it's not the season, but the preseason. You know, they do they get they get to start practices earlier. They get to have those ten NCAA um, issued practices before they get to make these trips. Um, obviously, it's also good for coaches to see these 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 teams play against outside competition, not just against each other, so they can you know, get an early read on what tweaks they need to make before the season starts. And then uh, another third and arguably the most important point is, you know, team chemistry. You know, uh, for Alabama basketball, this is almost an entirely new team. We saw a lot of departures after last year on the roster and uh, bringing in a lot of freshmen So and transfers. So, you know, this is an opportunity for NATO and his players to kind of, you know, form a sense of cohesion before fall practices actually get going here in a, in a month or so. Talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on the Monday edition of On the Line. We know what Alabama's basketball team was last year. The hit and miss, literally, of, of just the explosion of Alabama basketball versus the just the, the, the ice-cold stretches we saw from the Crimson Tide. Early on here, as it is the 1st of August, we still have a little bit to go before college basketball. What are some of the differences you expect to see in this year's team versus last year's team for Alabama? Well, you know, it's hard to judge based off of one practice and one scrimmage that we got to saw. But once, but you know, overall, I, I do think that we're going to be seeing this team hit a lot more threes, which is something that obviously NATO really emphasizes at Alabama. Um, you know, a lot of people say that this team can live or die. But last year's team, you know, lived and died by the three, and they certainly did that. But I think this year there's going to be a lot more consistency around that. This team was also shooting a lot of short jumpers, which is something they also struggled with last season. And they were hitting a lot of free throws, um, which is obviously something that they really struggled with last year as well. So I think they'll be improved in all categories by, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a drastic margin, but I think we'll see marginal improvement. One thing we have to remember is that this is a very young team. You know, a lot of leadership left after last year, and there's a lot of freshmen and, and first-year players with this Crimson Tide uh, organization. So, I, I, you know, will this team make a Final Four? Probably not, but will this team improve on what it did last year and maybe look forward to 2023? Uh, I think it definitely will be. Well, Joey, it's August 1st, my man. We are 33 days away from college football. Let's talk about that a little bit as this week most programs and schools around the country will be getting going with fall practice. What day does Alabama start their fall camp? Alabama will be starting its first practices on Thursday, so we're only just a few short days here. We'll hear from Nick Saban on Wednesday, but practices will be starting up Thursday. (laughs) And so I guess in that opening conference for Nick Saban before fall camp gets underway, do we expect to hear the same thing we hear from him every time he gets behind the microphone? I would think so. You know, there's always Nick Saban always talks before practice, before the first practice, and then he'll talk after the first practice because usually they have their Nick's kids luncheon the day before practices begin, and it's no different this year. You know, I think what we'll hear from him on Wednesday is obviously he'll be talking up the Nick's kids luncheon, but then on top of that, we'll probably hear the same old same old that we've heard all summer. Now on Thursday after the first practice. That's where we're going to be really uh, hearing some some really good stuff, and you know, get his actual thoughts on the team and how they performed in the first practice. And over the course of the month, things obviously get more and more juicy before the season starts. Talking with Joey Blackwell from Bama Central, what are some things that you'll be looking for, and some storylines that you'll be looking for throughout this month of August during fall camp before the season gets underway? Well, you know, I I really think that you know I, I want to see. We, we kind of heard about it here and there over the summer and, and from Nick Saban himself about how this team is more unified and has better chemistry than it did last year. Well, last year, there were a lot of – it's kind of similar to Alabama basketball in that 
Um, if you listen to Coach Oates or Nick Saban, you hear a lot of uh, a lot of talking about how there are a lot of players that really just looked out for themselves. And what we've heard so far this spring and this summer is that this team has really thrown a lot of that mentality out of the window, and this team is playing, you know, as a group. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what Saban has to say about that now that fall camp's about to be underway. And as far as players are concerned, I, I really want to hear from two players in particular, which we probably won't hear from them early on, but we probably will later during camp. And that's Jameer Gibbs and Tyler Harrell. You know, these are two guys that are really, you know, highly touted heading into this year. And there's a lot of hype around these two players. Well, we obviously haven't heard from them directly yet. And that's because their transfers, obviously, Alabama's not going to let them talk in the spring or over the summer. But I'm really interested to see their takes on, you know, adjusting to the program and how they fit into this offense and, you know, what their perspective is on the Crimson Tide this year. So those are just some cliff notes um, that I'm really looking forward to hearing from. And, Joey, are there any position battles that are going to have your, you know, catch your eye throughout this fall camp? Obviously, there's no quarterback battle in Tuscaloosa like there is here in Auburn, but any other position battles with the Crimson Tide that you're going to be watching out for? I'm really interested to see how the offensive line pans out. You know, this is an offensive line that, you know, is is returning more talent than it did last year. There's a lot more experience on this line. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of inexperience as well in players that are, that are really solid. I want to see how Tyler Steen uh, plays out, you know, if they put him at left or right tackle or maybe even guard, depending on how things shift out, but most likely tackle, let's be honest here. Um, but I'm wanting to see how the offensive line really shakes out. Those, That's really the primary position battle. You know, running back seems to be set, obviously quarterback set, wide receivers, and on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I'm also looking forward to seeing how the defensive line shakes up. You know, will Jamil Burroughs get a starting job for this defensive line? Um, the uh, defensive backs look much improved. I don't think there's going to be much competition there. Next to outside of, I would like to see where Quincy McKinstry or Kool-Aid, as a lot of people call him, ends up. So there's not really that many question marks, but the question marks that are there are going to be very interesting to watch over the next month. We're speaking with Joey Blackwell from Bama Central here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Joey, we took a couple of weeks off from this segment uh, because of SEC Media Days, and then you were unavailable last week. But we are back here talking about Alabama's upcoming football schedule, and we've been breaking down the games one by one. Obviously, it's a little tough to tell the exact matchup uh, throughout this season with it still being August. Of course, we are ending or we're getting near the end of the schedule here in this segment. But last time we did, we talked about Tennessee, Mississippi State, and LSU. And so we have three more games left on Alabama's football schedule. Let's break them down, talk about the matchups a little bit. We'll start with at Ole Miss on November 12th, coming off of a road trip at LSU. What do you expect to see between Alabama and Ole Miss as the Rebels are coming off one of their best seasons in Oxford? Yeah, you know, Ole Miss is coming off one of their best seasons. They didn't really compete very well with Alabama, but the rest of their season was solid last year. Of course, they ended up going to the Sugar Bowl. Um, and we have to remember the last time Alabama played Ole, uh, Ole Miss in Oxford was two years ago when uh, when it was one of the highest scoring games in Alabama's program history between you know combining the points together. So I'm um, really excited for that game. You know, I think when you're looking at Ole Miss, you know, this is the team that led the SEC in total offense last year. You know, and averaged 34 points a game, and it all worked. You know, at around 240 miles an hour. You know, there's there's a lot of new names and a lot of new parts this year. Um, thanks to Kiffin hitting the transfer portal and having a solid class. Um, but, you know, I think one of their big question marks still this year is their offensive line. It really needs to be stronger of keeping defenses out of the backfield. That was a huge problem with them last year. And they have improved uh, heading into this year, but it's not the drastic improvement that I'm sure Ole Miss fans would like to see. 
Their defense is still going is, is going to be decent. You know, it, it improved in a big way um, last year compared to in 2020. But that still is, you know, it's not the top defense in the SEC by by any means. So this is a solid Ole Miss team. It's definitely improved over last year. Um, I, I I still think Alabama gets the edge in this game. Um, just because I think Nick Saban has Lane Kiffin figured out pretty well at this point. But that being said, you know, this is Lane Kiffin. He always has something up his sleeve. Well, Joey, in my opinion, with this being the last road game of Alabama's schedule of this 2022 season, I think this is probably the second toughest stretch of a two games for Alabama. Of course, they do play earlier in the schedule at Arkansas and then home for Texas A&M. But this two-game stretch of at LSU and at Ole Miss – there's potential for a trip up here. Am I wrong? No, there definitely is. You know, I don't think it's as big of a trip up as, you know, that series that you just said earlier or the Tennessee game. But there definitely is, you know, after coming off the LSU game, the LSU game might not be as, as tough as an opponent as it was, you know, several years ago. But it's still a game that these players and this program looks forward to. And it's really easy to kind of get involved in that and not, not think about Ole Miss. So it's definitely a potential trip up. Um, that's That's there's no question there and then looking at the final two games the cupcake game austin p um i mean not a whole lot to say here right coming off of uh two road games you're going to play uh uh, basically a warm-up game for the iron bowl if you will and so we'll talk we'll just kind of skip over that one and we're going to talk about the iron bowl november 26th auburn comes to town after a, a historic iron bowl last year in jordan hare stadium Obviously, this is so far off. We don't know what the teams are going to look like. We don't know what the, the records are going to be or any injury problems, whatever it's going to be. But just talk about the Iron Bowl in general and how, it, how important it is for Alabama for this game to be in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know, obviously last year was a, was a historic Iron Bowl. It's going to definitely go down as one of the all-time great um, as far as Alabama is concerned. I know Auburn fans – probably would like to forget about that game just like Alabama fans would still like to forget about the kick six. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, you know, I think Auburn game, Iron Bowl has always been, you know, a, a, a great game. Being back in Bryant City this year is definitely something Alabama fans look forward to. Um, this Auburn team is, is, you know, there's a lot of question marks around it, not just on the, not just, you know, in the player positions, but also at head coach, you know, there's a lot of people that believe in Brian Harson, but there's also a lot of, of, of people that, you know, question him. Um, Mike Bobo is no longer the offensive coordinator there, you know, Bo Nix is off to Oregon. So there's going to be some questions there. Um, the quarterback situation still has to be settled. Um, but that being said, this is a team that has a really, really solid running backs. Tank Bigsby could be, the SEC's leading rusher, if he plays his cards right, and that offensive line is is, is solid, um, which it should be solid if everybody's healthy. Um, the defense still has some kinks to work out. That was one of Auburn's weaknesses last year. Hopefully, Harson can whip that into shape this year. But you know, it's the Iron Bowl. It's always one of those games where it doesn't matter if Alabama is twelve and uh, is eleven and zero, and Auburn's zero and eleven, or vice versa. This is a game that really both teams pull out all the stops, and really any team can win any given year. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It literally does not matter if Alabama's great and Auburn is terrible or if Auburn's great and Alabama's terrible. You can throw the records out the window. And look, I think this will be a huge matchup because I have Auburn uh, going, you know, I have Auburn having a good season this year. Nothing spectacular, but I do think Auburn's going to have a better season than people think. And of course, Alabama, I think they're going to roll through their schedule, uh, maybe have one loss by this point, uh, two at most on this schedule but overall just breaking down this schedule real quick before I let you get out of here as a whole you know 
looking at the schedule, if you had to pick two games that you were worried about the entire season, what would they be and why? Yeah, I think it's the two that we've already talked about. You know, I, I think that Arkansas game at Arkansas and the game at Tennessee, you know, I think these are both potentially trip-up games. Um, Arkansas, obviously, as we talked about earlier, is a really solid team. They they quietly won a, won a lot more games than people thought they would last year, and Sam Pittman's doing a great job there. And the same as Josh Heupel at Tennessee, um, another solid program that has really improved, has a fantastic offense that's very underrated and often overlooked. Um, both of those road games, you know, are you know are kind of the bread of the art of the sandwich with Texas A&M flapped in the middle there. So that's a really tough three-game stretch. So I think those two games are the, are the ones that Alabama, you know, are most likely. You know, if they are two losses, those could be them. But at the same time, never forget Auburn. That twelfth game of the year is always something uh, scary for Alabama fans. It doesn't matter how good they are. Well, Joey, I know we're both looking forward to it, my man. We are 33 days from Auburn and Alabama kicking off the 2022 season. We are officially in a month where we will be watching college football, so that is super, super exciting. I appreciate you coming on the show. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing, man. Absolutely. Everybody can follow me um, at at Blackwell Sports on Twitter. Uh, Also on follow uh, our website, BamaCentral.com, the same Twitter handle, BamaCentral.com. Uh, on Twitter as well, also on the Facebook page. Uh, this is Alabama Crimson Tide on Sports Illustrated. You can find all of my work there as well as my other writers. And as always, Jacob, thank you for having me and looking forward to us counting down the days. Yes, sir, absolutely. We'll have you on next week. We'll start talking about fall camp. Sounds great, man. Thank you so much. Yep, thanks, Joey. That was Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Let's take our final break here in hour number one. We'll come back, talk a little bit of Atlanta Braves, talk about their series over the weekend and a tough stretch for the Braves coming up in this month of August. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. Just got off the phone with him talking all things Alabama athletics. Uh, talked about their trip, Alabama basketball, that is. Their trip over to Europe. They'll be taking, uh, they'll be playing a couple of games and uh, really just overseas in general uh, against a couple of big-time basketball teams, including the Chinese national team. So that's pretty cool. And of course, Auburn is taking their trip. They have some games scheduled overseas as well. And Auburn's are going to be televised. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but again, big Thank you to Joey Blackwell talking Alabama basketball and Alabama football, wrapping up their schedule preview. We've been doing that over the past few weeks and also previewing Alabama fall camp as they are getting underway this week, as is Auburn. So big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. And I totally meant to ask him and I totally forgot, but he just texted me during the break and uh, he said, you'll be happy to know and your listeners too that I did not pick Auburn to finish last in the SEC West like everyone else did. I I definitely meant to ask him about that Auburn being picked to finish last in the SEC West at SEC Media Days, uh, but I, I it slipped my mind, unfortunately, but he did, let, he did want to let y'all know that Joey Blackwell of Bama Central did not pick Auburn to finish last in the SEC 
AFC West. So there you go. There that is. But we have a couple of more minutes here uh, before we wrap up hour number one. Reminder, Christian Clemente of 247 Sports. He'll be in studio all of hour number two. We've got so much Auburn football recruiting stuff to talk about. I'm so excited to have him back in the studio. He's going to give us all the rundown on everything you need to know with Auburn football recruiting uh, for 2023, a couple 2024 guys. We're going to talk Big Cat Weekend. We're going to talk future recruiting all of that good stuff. We're going to talk about it all with Krista Clemente of 247 Sports here in just a few minutes at the uh, top of the hour in hour number two. We've got so much to talk about, man. I'm super excited to get him back in here. Uh, but as we are wrapping up this hour number one, we've got about a minute or so. Uh, the Braves over the weekend, they had their I guess they're easier series, you could say. You could say they're easier series before they get going underway in uh, this August uh, this August stretch, you know what I mean? So they have a couple of games left in, well, I guess they have, I really just lost my train of thought right there. They ended up playing the Diamondbacks over the weekend, and now they have what is probably their toughest stretch all season long. They have two games against the Phillies, five games against the New York Mets at the New York Mets, two games at the Boston Red Sox, four games at the Miami Marlins, and then four more games against the New York Mets, and then three games against the Houston Astros. Unbelievable stretch for the Braves. I just, man, I just don't even know what to expect in that stretch. The, the Braves did sweep the Diamondbacks, though. 5-2 on Friday, 6-2 on Saturday, and one nothing yesterday on Sunday afternoon. So the Braves, they did what they needed to do. Uh, they swept the series against the Diamondbacks, and now they've got to get ready for the toughest stretch of the season. I want to say just go 500, but the Braves can't afford that just yet. I think they got to make up a little bit of ground. Somehow, some way, you've got to be able to take some of these upcoming series. Good thing is, with the Phillies and the Red Sox, those are only two-game series. The Astros is only a three-game series, but a five-game series with the Mets and then another four-game series with the Mets, that's just tough. You got 10 games, or excuse me, nine games, you got to win five or six of them. I'm sorry, you just got to do it if you're the Braves. That's it for hour number one. Stay tuned. Hour number two with Krista Clemente coming up. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line. You're on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. I'm your man Jacob Goins here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. Happy August. It is officially August 1st, 2022. 
We are in the month of college football, folks. We will be watching college football in like three weeks now. Three or, I mean, less than a month. We are in the month of college football where you'll have week zero. Uh, Vanderbilt will be playing Hawaii. We have some more games. Of course, we are 33 days away from Auburn football kicking off their season on September 3rd. We have so much to talk about here in hour number two. If you missed any of our number one, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I'll go and upload that immediately following today's show. Or you can go to ESPNAU.com, click on our podcast center, and it will be right there. You can listen to today's show or any of my previous shows. Just go to ESPNAU.com. Well, as promised here in hour number two, Christian Clemente from 247 Sports is in the studio talking all things Auburn football recruiting. It's been a minute since we had you in the studio. I know you've got so much going on right now, man. How's the new job going? How's life going, brother? Yeah, you know, I could only dodge you for so long. Eventually, <laughs> I had to show up. No, I'm just kidding. I love being here. It's yeah. just been extremely busy. Well, you have a little, You, I mean, you're a little busy right now. Yeah, no, it's been, you know, this weekend was extremely busy, but, you know, media days before that and whatnot. So it's definitely been busy, but I'm happy to have kind of the work to do and stuff like that. You can only hang out and chill in the off season for so long before you start to kind of itch for football and just stuff to do. So yeah, you don't, you don't have to to tell me that, man. It's, (laughs) it's been, look, the summer has been, it's been interesting. It's the first time I've had to do this where creating content when there is no content, right? That's, you know how that is with writing and the same thing with radio, but We are in the month of August. Recruiting is at an all-time high. We have college football this month that we'll be watching, man. We have so much to go over. And so let's jump right into it. Big Cat Weekend was this past weekend over at the football complex for Auburn. And tell people your hours on Saturday. You told me during the break. What time did you get there and what time did you leave? Yeah, so I got to the complex around like 8.15 in the morning or so. Um, The event, like check-in, didn't actually start until 11.30. So I was there early because, you know, anytime we had a live thread going of updates. So anytime mm-hmm. a kid walked in, you know, the people love it. Hey, uh, so-and-so, Jelani Thurman just walked in the door. Um, Adrian Posse, who ended up committing, you know, he walked in the door with Coach Keys. Coach Keys went outside, greeted him, brought him inside. So we had the live thread going at 8.15, didn't end up leaving until like 7 or so, was writing stories for Sunday until like 11 that night. So Saturday was a long day, but it's a fun day, man. You only have... I mean, you really only have like two of those days a year with Big Cat and then you have signing day. So right. you've only got a couple of those really, really long days, but they're fun. They're worth it. And so for our listeners that may not know what Big Cat Weekend is, what happens at Big Cat Weekend, why Auburn does this, can you explain what that day looks like in the eyes of the coaches, recruits, and media? Yeah, so it's it's definitely more of a chill type event. I was described it as a... Uh, like a family barbecue type deal. Okay. They're, you're not talking football, really. You're not doing any football, really, things. Right. They had like a watermelon eating contest, a uh, pie eating contest. Um, you know, at the very beginning, all the recruits go up there on the stage and introduce themselves because, you know, a lot of these kids don't know each other. Um, some of them do, but it's a good opportunity for the recruits and their families to come hang out with the coaches. You know, the coaches' families come as well. So the different families can kind of mingle. The players can mingle and meet each other a little bit. It's just a fun kind of hangout event. You know, there's, it's not too serious. It's just designed to be kind of fun. And it seemed to be really, really successful this weekend. They changed some things up from how they did it last year. And it was a lot more successful in my mind. And so why is it so impactful for, for the kids and their families to come to this? Like, why does Auburn do this? Yeah, I mean, pretty much every school has some sort of big event kind of at the end of July. And Auburn's really... 
Auburn was one of the first to do it in like, I think it was 2009 under Gene Chizik. He was the first to really kind of formulate that idea. And now it's been really successful to the point where other schools have kind of copied that and done the same thing. So, it, you know, Auburn sells itself. We always say that. And when you can get the recruits all together on campus, all having a good time, connecting with the coaches, I think that's a big thing. And, you know, these kids have been on campus, most of them, pretty much almost all of them had been on campus beforehand. They've seen the stadium and stuff like that beforehand. This is a chance for them to chill and kind of meet the coaches more on a personal level, see what they're like, not as a coach, but as a person. Well, I like how you put it. It's a way for them to not talk football, right? When they come on the recruiting visits and especially the official visits, you know, they, they do the campus tours and the facility tours and they're talking about football and why they should pick Auburn to be their home for football. But with an event like this, that's a good way to put it, a, a big barbecue basically, just getting together and hanging out and, and just – mingling right and and networking with these people the players and their families and the coaches and their families I think it's a great event a big cat weekend it's been very successful in the past and I think it was a very successful one this year as well we saw two commitments for the 2024 class right over this past weekend for Auburn we saw a quarterback and a cornerback tell us a little bit yeah well let me say this you saw two commitments you'll see a couple more here pretty soon so I had some people like on our message boards and on Twitter and stuff like that like Oh, they only got two commitments. Was it really worth it? I don't know if it was that worth it. It'll be worth it in the long run. But the guys that they got on Saturday that made it official already are fantastic additions. Uh, first off is Amon Lane, a cornerback out of uh, Moody, Alabama, previously at Thompson. Um, he's just a great story, to be honest. Um, and we had kind of a story, feature story on that today of his relationship with Jake Gaines, the new head coach at Moody. They were together at Thompson um, where they won three state titles um, back to back to back that's impressive now, he did that as an eighth grader freshman and then sophomore so he's a proven winner he's a really strong cornerback probably will play nickel at the next level but he's a great foundation for that class um, really great kid he's nearly a top 200 player on the 24 7 sports rankings so a good pickup and then you pick up your quarterback for 2024 as well now he might not be the only quarterback they might bring two quarterbacks in that class and i'm sure we'll talk about another guy a little bit down the line but you pick up adrian posse and this is a kid who I think has really, really strong arm talent. He's going to need to develop a little bit. But we're talking about a kid that's going into his junior season of high school. He has time to develop. Exactly. He has plenty. He has two years of high school still left. He will develop. And he already fits an incredible mold for what they're looking for in a quarterback. He's got huge hands. He's 6'4", um, pocket passer who can still move around a little bit. Uh, I know Jason Caldwell for us does kind of comparisons and he compared him to like a Jarrett Stidham in the sense that he can move around just a little bit if he needs to, but more of that pocket passer. So, you know, I think looking at it from an outside perspective, I think Auburn had a fantastic weekend picking up those two four-star commitments. And then you'll see a couple more come down the pipe probably within the next week or two. Well, we'll talk about those guys that might be committing in just a minute, but talking about the quarterback, right? You get your guy for 2024 and not, and I said this too back in hour number one, not that you can't go get another guy. If you find somebody that fits the system where you think you just have to go after and make an offer, you can do that. But now you have your guy and you can go and find other people. You don't have to worry about the quarterback position so much. And also looking at this quarterback and looking at the film a little bit, he fits the, the Brian Harson system, right? He fits that offensive style, the pro style offense, if you will. He does doesn't use his legs a ton he's not a Nick Marshall he is 
more of a Jarrett Stidham or a Zach Calzada type of player who's going to stand in the pocket, wait for somebody to get open, and then deliver on time, on target, put it on the numbers. I think that's going to benefit Auburn greatly, and that's why they went after him. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a great foundational piece, and usually you do get your quarterback pretty early in the class. Now, Auburn has struggled with that, I would say, over the past couple of years in terms of picking up a quarterback early. And I think having a quarterback early really makes things more stable um, when other recruits are looking at potentially hopping on board. Like now, Adrian Postino and Mon Lane, they're already out recruiting other 2024 kids to come and join them in the class. And you look at Amon Lane, he's in Alabama, crucial kind of spot here, keeping kids local in Auburn. Then you look at Adrian Posse, he's in Miami. That's such a talent-rich area, the state of Florida and the city of Miami. There's so many talented players. Now those kids are committed, and they can go after other kids to join them as well. So I think that's really, really, really crucial. You know, you look back over the past couple years, Auburn's maybe had one early commit in like the next class already. But never have they really stacked a couple, and I still think they'll bring on maybe two or three more before December signing day for the 2024 recruiting class. They have not really gotten a head start in a future signing class in as long as I can remember. And now you already have that head start in July. So you have to feel really good if you're Auburn or if you're an Auburn fan that they were able to do that. I think it's crucial for Auburn. I'm so glad that you are here because you are reiterating so many things I said back in the first <laughs> hour. We're talking to Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports. We've got him in studio all of our number one. If you'd like to chime in, 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to us here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Call in, be on the line. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions, comments, concerns you have from for me or Christian, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I talked about how important it is uh, for Auburn to go after this quarterback and ha- and these two players to get them so early for 2024 where we've seen it in the 2023 class a couple of players uh, go out and be the big time recruiters and now you have these guys in 2024 who have already committed where they can be the biggest and best recruiters for your school is the players themselves rather than the coaches because now you have, like you said, you have a guy in Miami, Florida who can go after his teammates or some other players that he played against in the Miami, Florida area and say, why don't you come with me? Why don't we go to Auburn and do some special things? And and same thing with just anybody in this 24 class, these two guys that have already committed, they can be the biggest recruiters for your program. Yeah, well, and especially when you do look at future classes, you know, there's the NCAA restrictions in terms of coaches being able to contact them. You know, a coach can't contact a player directly. They have to reach out to like a coach or kind of whatever it is. I'm not completely familiar with the rules. Players can reach out to coaches, though. But obviously, there's not restrictions between different players recruiting and talking to each other. So Amon Lane and Adrian Posse are free to just go out there and talk to whoever they want, recruit them to Auburn. And that's what they're not what they're going to be doing. That's what they are doing. They're already doing that. They were doing that at Big Cat. They were doing that before Big Cat. That's awesome. These were kids that kind of knew they wanted to commit before Big Cat. They had everything ready to roll. So they have been putting in work and they'll continue to do that. So kind of on your point. There's less restrictions for these players. Well, there's no restrictions for the players compared to coaches, so that's huge. Yeah, I mean, you can't can't tell a kid not to go talk to his buddy if they happen yeah. to be talking about coming to play for Auburn. That's fine. You can't restrict that at all. But I think that's super, super important for these players to be doing that, and that's why you go after these guys, and that's why you want them to commit so early. But 
you know, we see it all the time. It's going to happen. Other schools are going to continue to recruit these players, right? The ones that have already committed to Auburn. It's a it's an eater-be-eaten league, right? You go out, and they're still going to be recruited by other schools. Heck, they may even go and listen to some other schools, maybe even visit, possibly. We've seen that in the past of these two players. Are there any schools that you know of that are that are or still might be recruiting these two guys, or do you think it's pretty much shut down? Uh, I mean, I think schools will continue to recruit them. LSU was in with him on lane. Um, he was actually pretty close to pulling the trigger and committing to LSU earlier this spring, but ended up holding off. Um, and Miami is going to keep trying to keep Adrian Posse close to home. But Adrian actually grew up an Auburn fan. Um, right, I, that's what I was yeah, reading about. Yeah, and Amon Lane grew up an Auburn fan as well. So these are two kids that I think more than anybody else are going to be pretty locked in with Auburn. It'd be pretty hard to pull them away. Yeah, I mean, it helps when they grow up being Auburn fans and they grow up probably wanting to go to Auburn. So that definitely helps. But look, I talked about it back in the first hour. It's so important for Brian Harson and this coaching staff to get ahead at any point in any way they can because schools like Alabama and Georgia, they recruit themselves now. They don't have to. Not that they don't work as hard, but they don't have to work as hard anymore because when Georgia or Alabama, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, when they show up with an offer – that's it. I mean, if they want them, they get them, right? They don't have to do as much, and they stay ahead of the game. Where Auburn right now, you're behind everybody, and you're just trying to play catch-up. You know, what are some of the things that you saw at Big Cat Weekend this weekend from the players and or the coaches that really stood out to you when it comes to this whole recruiting thing? Uh, I mean, I guess I would just say the atmosphere in general. Um, we don't get to go down to the actual event that's closed off to us, but just talking with the players afterwards – everybody said the atmosphere stuck out, which is what you kind of always hear about Auburn anyway, the atmosphere of games where right. that always sticks out. But it was just the atmosphere. You know, the players, they could have – some of the kids that were on their first visit, we say we asked them, like, hey, what was the highlight? It could have been, you know, going past the stadium or seeing the complex, seeing the new football facility and stuff like that. Most all of them were just saying the highlight was getting to spend time with the coaches and getting to spend time with the other recruits and just kind of hanging out. So – I think Auburn did a really good job of making it a fun atmosphere for the players with the different games and contests and stuff like that. When the players left, they had the yard, that new milkshake place downtown. They yeah. had them come with like is a that food open truck. now? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. And so they had like the yard food truck come out, and it was posted up right outside the athletic complex. Nice. So it was great. The coaches and the players all came out, got milkshakes, kind of just congregated in that area in front of the complex, hung out, just a little bit more time together and stuff like that. So. I think just the atmosphere in general, Auburn did a great job of making it making it a fun event for players to just relax and chill, almost have like just a fun little vacation type day. So I think they did a great job with that. Well, look, it sounds like it was a great weekend. Sounds like it was impactful and sounds like there's some more guys to be added to this class. We're going to talk about that when we come back. We are off and running here in hour number two on this Monday edition of On the Line. Call in, be on the line yourself. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. More of Auburn football recruiting with Christian Clemente when we come back. Are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Question of the day here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Question of the day to you is this. 
How important is it for Auburn football to be recruiting in 2024 and future years? That is the question. 334-321-1390. Give me a call. You can be on the line. Answer the question. How important is it for Auburn football to be recruiting for 2024 and beyond? We have Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports in the studio here for all of hour number two. We're talking Auburn football recruiting. Christian, let me ask you and give you a chance to answer the question. How important is it for Auburn football to be recruiting in 2024 and for years beyond, not just for 2023? Oh, it's so important because obviously you need to bring in a good 2023 class but it, because it's crucial because of how where this coaching staff stands. But you can't just say, you know, we're only banking on one year. you got to always predict for the future. you got to be looking to the future, staying ready. Other schools are doing that. Over the past however many years, five-plus years, Auburn has not been doing that. Now Auburn is doing that. Well, Auburn was trying to do that over the past five years but failed. This year they're doing that. So I think that's really big. You already saw it for Big Cat Weekend. You'll see some more commitments in the 2024 class over the next couple of months. And Auburn is building up a really strong foundation for that class. Well, one thing that I talked about when I was addressing this question back in the first hour was, you know, with everything that happened, with the the – crappy end of the season and the offseason stuff that happened it would have been really easy for Brian Harson and this staff to say okay let's not worry about the future right now let's just worry about this next recruiting class and try to just take it one year at a time and let's cross those other bridges when we get there but like you said we've seen that in the past and it doesn't work you have to you have to get ahead that's something we just talked about you have to get ahead where you can and it seemed like obviously at first they didn't really know how to recruit down here I think that's obvious but they have fixed that they changed their mentality they changed their efforts and now not only are they recruiting for 2023 which yes it's a little behind but I think it's going to be okay but they're also recruiting for years to come and I think that's so important especially in the southeastern conference yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's been a huge adjustment for them, um, and they've done a good job of adjusting to it so far. And you talked about 2023, so far it's been quality over quantity, but you'll see that start to change. And the reason you're seeing that is because Auburn is, I say this not in a bad way, Auburn is being stubborn in a good way. They're sticking to their board, they're sticking to the guys that they want. They'll shift things around a little bit at different spots if they so choose, or if things kind of change to a point where they feel like they need to. But they're kind of sticking with sticking with their board, which is fair. I think that's perfectly fine as of right now. It's ju- it's August now, but you still have plenty of time to go. Right. Well, let's talk 2023 a little bit. Uh, in a little bit, we'll talk some more 2024 of the guys that we think are, might be committing. But let's talk 2023 for a minute because there are only five names on there right now. And that has some Auburn fans concerned, and rightfully so. When you look at Alabama, who has 15, 16, however many they're up to now, and Auburn only has five there's a lot of people that are concerned with that, but they're all solid guys, and they're all four-star players. And like you said, it seems like Auburn's sticking to their guns and quality over quantity. Yeah, I was doing a podcast with Justin Ferguson yesterday, actually, and he was kind of saying, you know, it's fair to really have any opinion you want about Auburn football recruiting right now. You can be critical of it, or you can appreciate what they're doing. And personally, I'm a little in between. I'm a little critical in, in some areas, but I also appreciate what they're doing for the most part as well. And everyone that they have is a talented player and you're starting to see the rewards slowly start to filter in you saw Wilkie Denod the four-star edge slash defensive lineman commit last week I think Auburn is on the brink of picking up a commitment from Ashley Williams a four-star edge out of Louisiana he was committed to Nebraska he ended up decommitting uh the day after yeah the day after Big Cat wasn't he only committed for like a couple of weeks yeah he committed early in July yeah um 
So, you know, that was not really a long commitment. And some people, let me touch on this real quick with Ashley Williams too, because I've seen the comment, oh, his offer list is not that great. Oh, he was committed to Nebraska. Is this kid really that good? I promise you, he's really that good. I think he's number 350 overall Mm -hmm. in our rankings. Um, This is a kid who as early as kind of this spring or late winter back in like January and February, I don't even know if he had a ranking at all. Wow. He's really shot up. He's had a really impressive spring in summer. And so is that why he had a, a short and maybe not so impressive offer list? Yeah, that's kind of why you haven't seen some schools jump on him already. But Auburn was. Auburn uh, offered him back in the spring. He visited back in the spring. And now he was back for Big Cat. And personally, I expect to see him commit to Auburn within the next couple of days. So then, you know, you look at a spot where Auburn really needs help at edge you've got two guys committed within the span of a week, week and a half, two weeks, however the time it ends up working out. And now Auburn can kind of sit back a little bit. You know, they've got some guys in the edge room, and they can reevaluate. They can say, okay, here's some of our really, really top targets, your five-star guys like Quay Rusa or a really high four-star like Ruben Bain. And they can they have the luxury to play it patient now because they've got some other guys committed there. So you feel good about that. Um, and then some other guys that are coming up on commitments as well, you know, we continue to monitor uh, J.C. Hart, the local cornerback, three-star cornerback out of Lochapoca. Uh, this is a kid who Jason has been tracking for over a year now. He camped yeah. at Auburn last June. Jason was the first person. Jason Caldwell was mm-hmm. the first person to write about him, like, really ever. That's crazy. Uh, and this is all June. 2023 guys. 2023 guys, yep. Um, and then he comes back for a camp this June. Is really good. He runs a 4-3-7-40. Goodness. He's got – a really nice frame for a cornerback. He's like 6'2", 180, so he's got good size. Now he's obviously playing at Lochapoca, so a little bit of a smaller school. He'll have to adjust to a higher level um, wherever he ends up going to college. But you feel good about the intangibles there. And then you got some other guys as well. You've got a guy like Connor Liu who's going to be announcing his commitment Friday. Now that one's tough. Um, you're going up against Georgia, Clemson, Miami. Those are some big schools, elite programs that are recruiting at an elite level right now. But I continue to feel pretty good about where Auburn stands right now. And he's he's kind of a – I think he's a lower four-star for us. That's not how these schools view him. They view him extremely highly as a center or guard prospect. Um, and, you know, some people are like, well, Auburn already has Braden Joyner committed as a center. Auburn would be perfectly happy to take two centers yes. in this class. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you, f- you figure it out once they get here. You put one guy at guard maybe. You keep one guy at center. You keep them both at center. Let them compete. Auburn has not brought in a true center prospect in quite some time now. And because of the previous staff, uh, they're, they're at a point where they feel like they kind of need to bring in two centers this class. Right. And so we can talk about this a little bit more when we come back on the other side of the break. But real quickly, let me ask you this. Is this a, a strategy for Auburn, the quantity over quality? Or excuse me, the quality over quantity. Is that a strategy that can work long term for Auburn? Uh, I think so, probably. I mean, you see other schools do it. They don't just jump on three-star kids. Look, Auburn could have had 10-plus commits right now. They had kids in May and June, even in July, that wanted to commit. But Auburn said, hey, you got to hold on. Like, we're not ready to take your commitment right now. They could have had the number right now. Now, that's crazy. Yeah, they could have, like, probably close to a top 20, top 25 class because all they're lacking right now is the numbers. But they're sticking to their board, which is what you kind of have to do. You have to stick with your guys. You don't just take a guy. Just because he's got to fit, he has to fit yep. on the field. He has to fit off the field. You have to bring in the guys that you want, and that's what Auburn is doing. And now you're finally starting to see that kind of come to fruition. 
Well, good. We're going to talk about that more when we come back, plus some of the guys that we are waiting to commit for 2023 and for 2024, plus the feeling right now in this Auburn football program. So much more to talk about with Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports. 30 more minutes here left on the Monday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. We're talking recruiting with Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports. Anything on your mind in the sports world? Any questions you have for me or Christian about uh, Auburn football recruiting 2023-2024, Big Cat Weekend, or anything else on your mind in the sports world? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you call in and be on the line 334-321-1390 Christian we've been talking we've been kind of going back and forth on the 2023 class and the 2024 class for Auburn let's continue on 2023 for a minute and then we'll get back to 2024 with this 2023 class we were just talking about how Auburn and Brian Harson they're choosing really high ranking and quality guys versus going after just as many as they can get for the class and you talked about the importance of that and I asked you is this a long-term plan for Auburn and you said it could be yeah I mean I just feel like that's kind of what you see other schools doing like you don't see other schools hopping on guys that are lower ranked and want to commit immediately now Auburn is going to pick up some guys that are lower ranked but that's because they're higher on Auburn's board a guy like a J.C. Hart is just a th- – I say just. It's still pretty impressive to be a three-star. He's just a yes. three-star. But Auburn likes him, so they'll probably pick up his commitment here pretty soon. Uh, Janoris Wilson, a kid who was at Big Cat Weekend, he's a low three-star in the rankings. Auburn thinks he's a fantastic offensive lineman and would have loved to have him commit this weekend. He'll probably end up committing down the line, though. So Auburn's going with its board. You'll see some guys that aren't a four-star like you've seen already, but – Look, Auburn is only bringing in guys that they feel are a true fit for the team on and off the field. So you'll see Auburn continue to do that as long as Brian Harson and co are here. And look, how many times have we seen, whether it's Auburn or other schools, with three-star athletes that have turned into superstars at the college and even the pro level? So just because Auburn goes and gets three stars, don't be disappointed I mean, we've seen a lot of good, and they, like you said, it's an honor to be a three-star in college athletics. I mean, we could never do that. So, <laughs> I mean, that's an honor. We've seen those guys become really good, and that also means there's room for improvement and there's room for growth and development. And I think that's what Auburn's trying to do as well. But you know, I was telling you, I think a lot of times people would rather see more recruits rather than the higher ranking recruits not all the time but I feel like even not just Auburn just in general college football fans with their specific teams they get too caught up in how many people are committed to the school rather than the quality of the players that are committed to the schools and we've talked about this so much where Auburn is going after guys who fit their program, fit their team on and off the field I think that's something Brian Harson and this staff have preached ever since they got here. Yeah, I think Auburn fans at the end of June, beginning of July there, would have just begged to have 10 to 12 commitments, even 
even if they weren't all that great of players, just so they could see, you know, number 20 in the team recruiting rankings instead of seeing, you know, in the 70s or whatever. Look, Auburn just wasn't going to do that. They're going to bring in the guys that they want. You've seen that. They got Jeremiah Cobb. They got Carmelo English. They got Wilkie Denod. Good guys. Yeah, they're going to bring in a couple more within the next couple weeks here. And then the season starts. And look, we've been saying it all along. The season is the biggest thing for Auburn in recruiting this cycle because these recruits, they really like Auburn. They want to see stability. They want to see the product on the field this fall. Yep, you got to get some W's. And if you get some of those, the recruits will even more than you've already seen, they'll come to Auburn. So you've seen the momentum pick up. If they, if the product on the field this fall is good and Auburn picks up some wins, you'll see recruits continue to come. That's all it takes, man. We, that, we've talked about that. Even whether you're here or not, I've talked about it with you. I've talked about it without you. Winning cures all. And I think the recruits have gotten to that point. I mean, you see some guys who have grown up Auburn fans and wanted to come to Auburn. They commit to Auburn because that's what they want to do, right? But a lot of them have come to Auburn. They like Brian Harson. They like the program. They like what they're seeing. But they want to see if Brian Harson can win and get it done on the football field. And you can't blame them. Why would you? I mean, I would be the exact same way. I would say, look, even though I like this guy, can he get it done? Is he even going to be here next year? I mean, that's a legitimate concern for players right now. Yeah, absolutely. And every other school that's recruiting them is telling them no. They're telling them that, you know, Brian Harson or their position recruiter, their area recruiter, whoever it is, won't be here when they get here. But now it's Auburn's opportunity, and he Brian Horson talked about it at Media Days. Yes, he did. It's about Auburn's opportunity now, here pretty soon, to tell the recruits, hey, watch, see what happens this fall. And if Auburn picks up wins, it'll be great, and I think Auburn's recruiting class will be really strong. If Auburn doesn't pick up wins, it'll all be for naught because I don't know if the staff will even still be here. So, yep. you know, we'll just it, – it's wait and see now. Auburn's going to pick up a couple guys still within the next couple of weeks, and then the season starts, and – We'll see what happens. It's so crazy that there's so much riding on just the second year for a head coach, but I mean, there really is so much riding on this second year, but I am very positive and optimistic about it. I think more than most, which is kind of crazy for me, but I'm stayed consistent on that and I'm excited to see that. So you're saying there's some more guys coming for 2023. You're pretty confident in uh, that are going to commit. Obviously we're going to see through from now to December when they commit in the early signing period, but you got to get the wins. You do have February, but we were talking about it during the break, how most of these guys commit and sign at that early signing period versus February now. Yeah. Look, everything is moving up. It feels like in recruiting, like you never really used to see the summer official visits, now that's what all these kids really do. They make summer official visits, and they're committed. I mean, there's a lot of kids already committed right now, but that just means the decommitments are also going to be coming at an even more advanced rate. Every year, there's hundreds of kids that decommit from schools. It happens every year. If it doesn't happen this recruiting cycle, I, that'd be the first time ever. Yeah. So yeah. It'll, it'll happen. Yeah. So everything's getting moved up in a sense, and you know we've already seen December become the way more popular signing period anyway. Um, and that's going to be the case even more so this year, as we've already seen kids take more official visits during the summer, kids make commitments earlier, whatnot. December will be the signing period. No doubt. Well, look, 2023, there may not be enough guys to please some people right now, but I think they're going after quality guys. They're going after the right guys, and I think it's going to be okay. Let's talk 2024, as we saw two guys commit over the weekend from Big Cat Weekend. We talked about those guys a little bit. Uh, you have Amon Lane, the corner from Moody, and then you have uh, Adrian Posse, the quarterback. Those, those two guys committed for 2024. 
Can you touch on those guys one more time in case anybody's just now tuning in and may have missed it? Don't have to go super, super detailed because I do want to talk about some more guys that may be committing later on, but can you talk about the two players that I've already committed for 2024 over the weekend from Big Cat Weekend? Yes, these are both four-star guys. Amon Lane is going into his junior season. He's already a three-time state champion, and now he's uh, he was at Thompson. Now he's over at Moody. Um, I think he's number 220-something in the 24-7 sports rankings. So he's really good. He's still growing, and he's a six-foot corner. Um, could be a corner. Could be a nickel at the next level. Adrian Posse is a massive quarterback. He's a top 200 player. I think he's number 185, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, and he's you know 6'4". He's got big hands already. Needs to develop in a couple of areas, but he has plenty of time to do that, and I think he will do that because he's already shown a lot of natural talent. So you've got those two four-stars committed. And then they had a decent amount of other 2024 guys on campus for Big Cat that I think could be coming pretty soon or coming down the line, I should say. Um, I'd, I'd look at immediately Jamarian Burnett out of Andalusia. He's a four-star running back. He's the number four running back in the entire country in 2024. And had, I like the sound of that. Yeah, he had really positive things to say about Auburn, Coach Cadillac. You know, it feels like every year Cadillac kind of picks his guy cracks his knuckles a little bit and goes to work and he's able to get him and he always finds one guy that's really really good but when he swings he doesn't miss very often yeah exactly and i mean even when he gets a lower rated guy like a jarquez hunter it turns out to be really really good so uh he he was at big cat he had a lot of positive things today to say and he's looking to commit middle of his season end of his season so that'd be something you'd see within the next couple of months here um so i'd look at him I would look at Sterling Dixon, a four-star edge at a Mobile Christian. Now, I thought he was going to commit during Big Cat. Well, I thought that about a week beforehand. Yeah. Alabama kind of knows what's going down, hosts him for a camp last Monday. Alabama offers him. Texas A&M offers him the Thursday before Big Cat. <laughs> wow. It kind of slows some things down a little bit. But, look, he he said it. Auburn is his dream school. He has a lot of interest in Auburn. Um I think things are slowing down maybe a little more than anticipated with him just simply because he's getting these bigger offers, which is completely fair. You don't want to just jump on a – most of these kids, they don't want to just jump on a commitment because they honestly don't want to decommit. That's not what they want to do. So he's taking things slow, but my per, I have a crystal ball in for Auburn. Nothing changed when Alabama and Texas A&M offered. I still feel confident about it. And then one more guy that I would touch on real quick is Kavion Henderson, mm-hmm. a four-star edge slash defensive lineman uh, out of Leeds. Um, and he's looking to commit probably this fall as well. And Auburn is certainly in the mix there. I don't know if Auburn's the favorite. I didn't talk with him after Big Cat. I think it was Jason that did. Look, all the kids kind of just came out at once. So it was just a mad dash to get kids and get interviews when they did. But from what I've been able to gather, Auburn's in a, at least a pretty decent spot with Kavion Henderson. Well, there's no doubt that recruiting is, I don't want to say it's a dirty game, but it kind of is. I mean, the schools know what's going on. The recruiting guys know what's going on. And I mean, it, it is, especially in the Southeastern Conference. It's a dirty league, right? You got to, you got it. Like I said, you have to get ahead any way that you can. And you talk about a guy that's wanting to commit to Auburn. He really likes Auburn. Alabama and Texas A&M, they get wind of it. So what do they do? They come in the door and they give an offer. And I talked about it earlier. A school like Alabama and now Texas A&M with all of this NIL stuff going on, these schools recruit themselves. And when they make this offer, kids see it, they hear it, and they, they put it on the table and they put that in their list because 
right now, how would you not want to go to Alabama for the football? And how would you not want to go to Texas A&M for the NIL money? And so this is a question that I have been asking everybody. I've asked you this already, but I feel like this kind of changes as time goes on. In this situation and in other situations, when Auburn's looking at a kid, and Auburn right now as it stands, August 1st, 2022 for Auburn football, when they offer a kid a, a, or a recruit, when they offer him a scholarship to come play football, and Alabama comes in, or Texas A&M swoops in, or LSU or Georgia, what does Auburn have to offer right now that differs from Alabama and Texas A&M, Georgia, whoever it may be? What does Auburn have to offer right now to these kids to make them want to come here instead of somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I just I think it depends recruit to recruit. You know, certain recruits like offensive linemen or edge guys, you can say, hey, you could come in and play right away next year. I think we that's really it right you. there. Playing time is huge right now. Yeah, playing time is big. You know, you look at guys. Let's talk for a second about Bo Hewley, the offensive tackle committed to Georgia. Yep, Auburn can certainly sell him a lot more on immediate playing time than Georgia can. Um, now, will Auburn be able to flip him? That question is still remains to be seen. Um, we'll kind of see what happens there, but. Look, it, it depends on playing time. Recruits will get to Auburn's campus and maybe just like the vibe a little bit more. We talk about it all the time. Auburn sells itself. So it kind of depends recruit to recruit, but playing time, um, the atmosphere, even potentially, you know, look at NIL stuff. Maybe Auburn is in a position to offer, you know, uh, Auburn's collective has better NIL deals for that player or whatnot. Um, so it, it just kind of depends, but those are kind of some of the main things I would touch on. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up Bohealy because for, okay. So for people that don't know the situation around him and that recruit, he's a Georgia guy. He was on campus for big cat weekend this weekend. Obviously we don't know what's going to happen. Right. But tell everybody what that situation is in case they don't know, because look, I'll be honest. I didn't know a ton about it until it really just came up in the news with big cat weekend. Yes, yeah, so Bo Healy is a top 100, uh, top 100 player in the country, one of the top offensive tackles, true offensive tackle, 6'7", 290. He has that what a frame. massive human being. Yeah, he's got that frame. Uh, he committed to Georgia last September, so he's been a Georgia commit for a long time now, but Auburn has been working him for a long time now as well. Now it looked like earlier in the year, pretty early in the spring, a flip kind of felt like it was almost imminent, and then Georgia locked him back up. Um, a flip from Georgia to Auburn. Yes. And Georgia locked him back up. I don't remember the exact time, March, April, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Auburn's continued to work him, brought him in for an official visit in June, brought him in for Big Cat um, this Saturday, and continues to put in work there. Now, it's going to be a battle. Let's say even if Auburn were to flip him, it still will be a battle just to keep him going into signing day. But, look, Auburn is putting in a ton of work here. They're trying really, really hard. Um, and I feel – I haven't put in a crystal ball or anything, but Philip Dukes, who works on our site mm-hmm. and is extremely tapped in in the area, Atlanta area and with that recruitment in specific, does have a crystal ball in for him to flip to Auburn. So, look, I trust Dukes on this one. Dukes yeah. knows more than I do when it comes to this recruitment. Um, it, it's going to be a battle either way. You know, Some fans were already panicking because he didn't already flip, but kids don't do stuff immediately stuff has to be done behind the scenes and whatnot graphics stuff like that now i'm not saying that's what's happening <laughs> yeah i'm just saying that you know he, he has stuff he has to think about right and look and, we're dealing with high school kids yeah. here man and look auburn i will say this auburn made a big impact on saturday big cat was big for auburn with bo hewley and auburn's chances there so yeah well i'm sure i'm sure fans love to hear that and again 
nobody truly knows except him, right? I mean, yep. you're not going to know until a decision is made. Uh, but great stuff about 2023, good stuff about 2024. Let's take our final break here in hour number two when we come back. We're going to talk just the, the the overall feel right now with Auburn football recruiting, Auburn football in general. We have Christian Clemente from 24-7 Sports in the house. We'll wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader Jacob Goins and Christian Clemente with you for the next couple of minutes, wrapping up all of our Auburn football recruiting news. Uh, Christian, it's been so good having you back in the studio. I know you've had so much going on with Auburn football recruiting. We are 33 days away from the college football season. I'm sure we will have you on many more times before that 33 days is up, but as we are about a month away from the football season kicking off for Auburn in your perspective with 24 seven sports writing about recruiting and everything else going on with you guys in your opinion what is the the fan mindset and the fan mojo that's the word I use right now when it comes to Auburn football recruiting and football in general yeah I'll go with football in general to start I would say there is a slight sense of optimism um, and just general excitement and look, I'm excited too. I'm so tired of talking. I can only talk about the first five home games being so important so many times. Like, <laughs> yes. I just, I just want, oh, so I just want to watch even fall yes. camp, which gets started on Friday. Yep. Um, and we'll have viewing periods and stuff like that for the media, and I'm sure Jacob will be there, and we'll be able to talk about it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch stuff, man. Yep. I want to see how Coy Moore looks. I want to see how Zach Calzado looks, fully healthy and being able to go through practice. I want to see some of these guys just go out there, and I want to see how the depth chart starts to shake out and stuff like that. I just want to watch stuff, and I feel like the fans feel the same way. It feels like it's been an incredibly long offseason yes. where the February coup only enhanced the length of the offseason and made things feel like it and was And that seems like forever ago. That feels like it was two years ago, and that was just a couple of months ago in all honesty. But I think there's just a, a sense of hope and optimism, and I feel like that carries not only with football but football recruiting as well. I feel like – people understand that the recruiting class is in general pretty tied to how this season goes. Auburn's going to need to put a good product on the field and show some things this fall in order to get kids this fall and get them to sign in December and in February. So I think there's an optimism among the fans, certainly on our board. There's people that are skeptical, but there's some optimism as well. And I think there's good reason for that. I think this team, you have an extremely talented defense that I don't see a lot of weaknesses for outside of depth. I think you do have a couple of depth issues at certain spots. If you lose a guy like an Owen Papo or lose a guy like a Derek Hall, you start to wonder what the defense looks like a little bit. But you just kind of have to hope for the best there. And then on offense, I'm just curious to see. I I personally think it's Zach Calzada's job to lose. Um, I know TJ Finley is the returning guy there with the experience, but I feel like we all kind of favor Zach Calzada a little bit. And, you know, Robbie Ashford is in the mix there as well, but I think it would take a – big effort from him in order to actually steal that job he'll still have packages and stuff like that if he doesn't get it but look i just fans are the same way i just want to see some actual football yep absolutely well look i think there's there's reason to be optimism and have or be optimistic and there's also some reasons to be you know kind of worried a little bit right i can see both sides but one thing that i have really tried to to instill in my listeners and the fans is 
we should be optimistic. There's a lot to be excited about in this college football season for Auburn. I think good things are happening. They're doing the right things, and there's so much talent on this team. People don't even realize it. I had a buddy of mine, Jack Hutton, in here on Friday, and we did a little mock draft of the Auburn football team. There's so much talent on this team going through the roster and just really sitting down and looking at it. There are some huge names and some big-time talent on this team. I'm so excited. Well, Christian, we've got about a minute before we get out of here. I thank you so much for coming in. Let everybody know where they can keep up with all of your great recruiting content with 24-7 Sports, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's all over at auburnundercover.com and auburn247.com. Both of those links will get you to our homepage. We're going to have a ton of different stuff for you guys this fall. We were, we have our weekly meeting today. We were kind of talking about it. Obviously, we'll have all of the recruiting stuff. We'll have all of fall camp coverage. We've got video. We've got podcasts. We've got all that different stuff, so you can head over there. And then with me personally, you can check me out on Twitter at cclemente247. So, look, I know you feel the same way, Jacob. Just yes. excited to get going here. And we are just a couple of days away from actually getting to see some practices. And then, really, it all starts from there. Yep. Fall camp starts this week. We're going to have stuff to talk about from practices. We're 33 days away from Auburn. We're even closer than that for college football in general. Like I said, we are officially in August. We will be watching college football on the couch this month. I'm so excited for it. Uh, it may not be the best quality football, but this is the point in the year where we it. don't care what it is, we'll take it. That's exactly right. Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports talking all things Auburn football recruiting. Look, you've come in here. You've made me feel even better about <laughs> recruiting in the season. Man, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. That's it for the Monday edition of On the Line. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>